Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we have Anna Reyes. She's a licensed holistic nutritionist who helps women become moms when nothing else seems to work. She does this by balancing their hormones and rebuilding their fertility pyramid. In today's episode, we talk about the major reasons for hormonal misalignments, the importance of the liver, and how to lower stress. So this is a great episode, even if you're not trying to conceive at the moment, but if you would like to balance out your hormones, she has a lot of great tips and insights for you. Welcome to the Kaka TV podcast, your source for all things health, happiness, and beauty. Hi, Anna. Thank you so much for being with us here today. Hi, Kat. Thank you so much for having me here. First, let's learn about you. Tell us about your journey and why you became a holistic nutritionist who focuses on fertility. That is a fantastic question. <laughs> so I'll be honest is that a lot of uh, fertility coaches, they start right based on their personal stories and that they were struggling with fertility. We did have struggle to have our first baby, right? But at the same time, like I have never connected the dots back then that I actually want to determine my life to helping others, right? To increase their chances of having a baby. My journey starts actually back when I wanted to have a second baby. And because I went through that pain of uncertainty, feeling broken, feeling like a half woman, because I think a lot of women who are struggling with fertility they basically have those feelings earlier or later in the stage. And just that pain, which I went through with my first baby, it stimulated me to learn more about my own body and to understand how everything works. So that way I can increase my chances and try to avoid the pain, which I went through with my first baby. When I was still in maternity leave, so I went back into the school, to nutritional school, to learn more about how like the nutrition actually impacts our body because basically we are what we eat if you think about it so that's how i connected the dots that perhaps this could be the reasons of why i was struggling with fertility at the first place and while i was still in there while i was still at school my friends started to ask me right about what i learned and everything and what is interesting is that when I applied some of the things which I learned from school, we created um, our own protocol for myself and my husband because at the end of the day, it takes two to have a baby. The moment my husband gave us the green light uh, to have a second baby because he already had two kids from the previous marriage, we all had the common kids. So for him, to, having another kid was like a solution, right? So the moment when he gave us the green lights, we actually got the second baby from the first try. And that's when I felt that was it, right? That I created maybe something that is really going to help others to avoid that pain, which I went through, right? And at that moment, my friends actually started contacting me. One of my best friends back in Russia, she contacted me and apparently she and her husband had a problem to conceive the baby for over a year. And I shared with her what I did. And that was like the basic knowledge, the basic uh, status of what I'm teaching right now. And... Amazingly, like she got pregnant the following month, following cycle. So I felt that this was something that I'm up to and I should more dig into this topic and understand all the roots and all the connections which our body has that prevents other women to actually get the babies. Let's start with hormones. What are the six major reasons for hormonal misalignment? 
I put six, right? <laughs> I'm gonna talk a little bit more about the five and then I'm gonna spread them into different categories. So one of the major reasons, and I think it's number one for a lot of women who are going through infertility would have been stress. And that's basically chronic emotional and mental stress, which we're going like every single day. And many things, um, so generally speaking, stress is actually a good thing, right? It's our protective mechanism from, from the invaders, right? That was our ability to outrun the tiger back in the ages. Unfortunately, our system uh, didn't evolve enough to distinguish the physical stress as of facing the tiger to the emotional stress from our thoughts. And girls who go through infertility, what I'm talking about, those constant thoughts of what if, right? What is never going to happen? What if my husband's going to break up with me because I can't give him what he wants? So all these what ifs, which we are waking up every single day and going to sleep with the same thoughts, right? So this is called chronic stress. And chronic stress is damaging for our body for a lot of reasons, but I'm going to touch only the hormonal balance. So when we talk about the stress hormone, which is called basically takes the nutrients from your other sex hormone, which is called uh, progesterone. And the way it does is that we do have a ba basis, which is called pregnenolone. This is another hormone, right? And out of this hormone, everything else is basically made up, including the cortisol. And in our priority system, our body prioritizes certain systems, right? Such as when you outrun the, uh, the tiger, systems like lungs and heart and muscles would be the priority, right, in your body, which will basically keep you alive. So reproductive function will be the secondary. It's a second tire type of system in our body. So when your body is constantly under stress, that's priority system turns in and your body basically supports the production of the stress hormone called cortisol. So that means that your reproductive function and your uh, one of the main hormones, which is progesterone, is basically on hold. So that's why it's important to understand how the stress really impacts. And I know a lot of girls are like, we hear all those stories about they give up on trying, then they conceived, right? Or I saw the other day at the regular on Instagram where it was a doctor actually who was posting it, the doctor who does IVF, that a girl went in with three cycles of IVF and then she said, I'm giving up. And then a moment after she comes in already pregnant because they give up on trying for this reason, right? Because I'm not trying to say for everybody to give up on trying, but knowing how your body reacts to stress and understanding what can you do in order for you to mitigate this stress. Even the example of uh, my recent client who a week ago sent me her positive for the same reason, because she was going through uh, so much emotional stress added up to her sleep problems because her first baby is a horrible sleeper. The time the time problem, meaning that her partner was is older, much older than she is. So they, didn't, they don't really have much time to create a family. So all this added up stress into her life. So the moment she actually was able to mitigate the stress, she conceived immediately, right? So that's why I always say that the stress is the number one thing when it comes to fertility because it messes up your hormones, mess up your uh, body priority systems. And when we talk about our body, our body is always like assessing, is it safe for you to have a baby or is it not? And then again, when we talk about the stress, right? All everything else, which I'm going to uh, mention later, it adds up that stress into your body as well. So right now I'm talking about the emotional and mental stress, right? 
So number two would be the food triggers. And that's where I'm going to spread it in two parts. So number one is what you're eating does play a huge role. Number two is the uh, blood sugar roller coaster. Okay. So I'm going to go into the first one is what do you do matters. And here I'm not, don't want to talk about the diet because I think uh, a lot of people, when they hear diet, <laughs> they think about dying. So when I talk about the food triggers, it's basically understanding what your body, how your body reacts to food. We'll know about the foods which we shouldn't be eating. And if you are feeling like for having that piece of bar of chocolate or having a glass of wine, so perhaps there must be something else which is going on in your body that makes you one of those things. And most of the times it's created by certain nutrient deficiencies. And uh, I think I'm getting a lot of questions about, should I have alcohol, <laughs> right? I'm trying to conceive or should I have a coffee? And uh, that's why whenever we are creating the personalized plan for, for our clients is, I'm always saying it's all about the balance, right? We don't want to eliminate everything, right? And making your life miserable and adding more stress into your body. At the same time, we want to create a sustainable way to support your body, not only mentally, but also with the food triggers. And uh, yes, at the beginning, to understand what does not work for your body, it takes a little bit of work, right? Usually it takes about two to three weeks to understand, eliminate certain trigger triggering foods, such as gluten, dairy, grains, uh, even nightshade vegetables. So basically, almost going into the paleo diet, if what is it about, right? For, for a few uh, weeks. So that way your body kind of cleans from all that crap, <laughs> which you used to eat. And then after you will be able to start adding those foods back to just understand how your body actually reacts. And many girls uh, who I'm working with, they do feel the reaction almost right away. So they feel either bloated, gassy, even the mood changes. So we're calling that food sensitivities, right? And if you do have those ones, it doesn't mean that you basically have to eliminate these ones for the rest of your life. It just means that your body probably needs a little bit more time to restore your gut health, which we're going to go talk a little bit later. And once your gut health is restored, so perhaps you can again try it again and if you don't have any reaction so it's good to go for you to have that type of food so blood sugar roller coaster right we're talking about the hormone which is called insulin because insulin is the priority hormone in your body right because the whole point of um having your blood blood sugar stable is to have the energy, right? Because basically that's what the sugar or carbohydrates does to your our body. So if your uh, body is trying, like it's basically bringing all its forces to regulate the insulin le levels in your body. So again, it's bringing your reproductive function on hold. So that's why it's important to know, again, what works and doesn't work for you, for your body. There are people who are quite sensitive to carbohydrates. And at the same time, our body needs carbohydrates to produce energy. So there are a lot of topics uh, going on about should you increase your, your protein intake, right? Or go on keto diet, right? Meaning increasing your fat intake. I come from the conclusion that your body naturally still needs carbohydrates. So if you're going to go into the keto diet, for some, it may help with your insulin sensitivity, such as girls with PCOS, but at the same time, it, if you're going to go long term on saying the keto diet, it can actually uh, mess up your hormones after all, because remember, your body still needs carbohydrates to, as I said, some people are more, more sensitive to carbohydrates. So perhaps just decreasing the amount while others are actually totally fine with a higher amount. So as I said, this is all about trial and error when it comes to the 
full triggers and basically listening to your body and understanding what works and does not work for you. So when you are eating a big meal with a lot of carbohydrates and the only thing after you want is basically laying down on the couch and watch TV and being a couch potato. So perhaps this is not the best meal for you, right? Because after all, the meals are for us to get energy. So if you're not getting energy from the food you're eating, so that means that this food is not for you. So you need to figure it out what actually for you. So the next one would be gut imbalances, right? So knowing how your body actually eliminates the food and at the same time processes the food, right? Because this is exactly what our small intestine is for. The thing about the small intestine and our gut is that whenever your body eliminates the hormonal waste, such as estrogen, if your body is not able to efficiently eliminate that waste, your body has the ability, your gut has the ability to actually bring all this things back into the blood circulation, which brings you to the condition which is called estrogen dominance or conditions like PCOS or endometriosis or even fibroids or cysts because you can still have cysts without having PCOS. And um, you also have to understand that our gut, especially small intestine, is a single layer cell. So which means is that it's so easy if you're eating something which your body can't tolerate, especially proteins, such as saying like peanuts or gluten, it's able to actually break this tiny, like this very thin layer of uh, cells. And that means that your, those particles are able to escape into the blood and make you create those outer conditions, such as, for example, in celiac disease. So that's why it's important to know and to understand how what is about with your gut health. And the next one would have been the toxic overload. We're talking here about your liver. A lot of people don't connect those organs right to fertility because when you go to your doctor, most of the doctors what are saying to you, let's check your um, sex hormones, right? And how your body uh, create those sex hormones. But then a lot of doctors are going to look into other systems which are actually so connected uh, to your sex hormones, right? And if something goes wrong, your sex hormones will be the first one to get the hit. So when we talk about the liver is the powerhouse because it processes the toxins and the hormonal waste, such as estrogen, right, out of, out of your body, basically. So what I mean by that is your liver has three stages of detoxification processes. And if your body is, if your liver is not able to finish either of those stages, it can create the metabolite, which we call it, which can create certain conditions. For example, if we're talking about the first stage of the liver, and if your liver can't process the estrogen efficiently, the metabolite, so it goes into pathway where it can create the fibroids in your body. When we're talking about the second one, right, it can actually even alternate your DNA, the second stage of detoxification. So that can create the alternation of DNA and even cancer. So that's why when we talk about the liver, it's literally your powerhouse and you want to make sure that you support your liver as much as you can. And some of the best ways to do that first is to see where uh, your liver is at, doing certain tests just to understand how your body is able to process this hormonal waste. Another way is supporting your liver every single morning by having lemon water. I go further. I usually drink the water with the lemon and a little bit of cayenne pepper to stimulate the digestive system and also help with the detoxification of your liver right after the night. Um, and the last one uh, would have been uh, stealth infections, right? It's basically the stealth infections are not much that I 
uh, deal with in my practice. So if somebody does have those ones, we usually refer them to the doctors who understand what's going on with this. But they can, right, create certain problems in uh, for you to conceive. The one thing which I actually forgot to mention is the thyroid, right? <laughs> because thyroid goes actually very close to the stress hormone cortisol because most of the times when people have problems when women have problems to conceive, their stress hormones usually is quite high. Or like in my case, it was actually my stress hormone was completely at zero because my, I think my adrenals just gave up on producing any at all. And then when that happens is start bringing your thyroid down. And once your thyroid down, your metabolism is down, all the processes slow down. It's not safe for you to have a baby. That's how your body basically treats it. So as that's happen, you will have more likely your progesterone will be also lower. So it's like the pathway, cortisol, thyroid, progesterone, right? So they all come like a nice sweet combination, right? So the moment you understand the sweet combination and the first trigger, right, which most likely is the cortisol, you'll be able, you will be able to fix the whole chain. So that's why when we're talking about fertility, we want to make sure that we know the root cause of what's actually causing um, your body to go into that stress mode, whether it's the food triggers, whether it's your mental, your constant thinking of maybe it will never happen, right? Maybe it's uh, the de detoxification process where your body is going through that stress of not being able to complete the full uh, detoxification process or eliminate the hormonal waste. Okay, so I wanted to ask you about some specific things about the liver. What are some reasons why the liver might not be working properly or having issues? There are a lot of reasons. So I can tell you, for example, for my example, I originally inherited the problem of my liver of the first stage of the detoxification because cancer is something that is run in my family. And when I did um, the test, and we can talk about this test later on in the interview, when I did my hormonal, comprehensive hormonal test, it's basically confirmed that my my liver just have a hard time to detoxify and go into that first detoxification level. And the problem with that is that if your body is not able to complete the full cycle, those half metabolites, so something that your body trying to, to go through that process, so it actually brings it back and it's even more toxic than the original product. So one of the things is it could be something inherited. Number two is your lifestyle, right? Things like we are surrounded with tons of toxins, right? And unfortunately, we can't get rid of them because this is our environment. This is something we live in. But there are ways how you can minimize the effect of these toxins. For example, if we're talking about the furniture, and we know that the furniture actually has tons of toxins, which is bring into the air and which you breathe in, right? Making sure that you ventilate the premises. When we talk about the food, a lot of there is big discussion about buying organic or not buying organic. So I always come into that balanced state. There are foods which you want to buy organic because they, if they are conventionally raised, they are more likely to have uh, a tons of pesticides and testicides in it, which you're basically consuming, which brings more work for your liver. Remember, because the liver is the one who detoxifies your body. So a dirty dozen or clean 15, which is on a ESW website. It's a wide known information. So you can go in there and check what you should be buying only clean, like which you should be buying only organic and which is okay totally to buy conventional because uh, it has the minimum amount of pesticides or intesticides. Practices like your skincare, right? Not a lot of us understand or realize that skin is the largest organ of our body. 
and your skin is able to absorb the toxins and nutrients from whatever you put in your body. And thinking about us women, right? How much things do we put on our cell every single day? Tons. So starting with the hair, like skin products, makeup, and these things like are able to go through the skin and into your bloodstream. And again, try and go back into the liver, trying to detoxify, detoxify all its stuff. One of the practices which I ask my clients to actually start doing is the first thing in the morning, before you even jump into the shower, taking the dry brush and start brushing your skin, starting from your legs towards your heart. So that's uh, first, it uh, helps to detoxify your skin and it's also bring that the blood, blood circulation back. So your body is actually like feeling really good about it. Also looking into the skin products, right? So understanding which are more toxic than the others. There is an app which which is called Dirty Things. <laughs> I know it's a hilarious name for the for this type of app, but this app actually is nice because you can bars, scan the bars uh, of uh, the skin products which you're using. And it's going to tell you if this specific product has a bad, like completely uh, horrible <laughs> uh, components which you shouldn't be having on your skin or if it's actually good to go. Most of the uh, natural organic uh, products would be totally fine. And thanks God, we have a lot of uh, products right now on the markets which are uh, labeled organic or naturally. So these are more likely uh, one have this amount of um, uh, toxins. Yes, but you do have to worry about something called greenwashing where they put natural on it and it's just for marketing. <laughs> There's nothing. Yeah, right. It. Yes. Yes, they do. And uh, that's why looking into more like organic stuff or once again, like having the app. And if you're in doubt of whether this product works or doesn't work for you, just scanning and the app like literally breaks down every single ingredient and tells you, it puts it into the green, uh, yellow or red zone. If you're in red zone, they probably don't want to have this product. Mm. Mm -hmm. Let's say someone has hormonal imbalances, their gut's off, their liver is slow, they're under stress. Which one do we attack first and what are the steps? So I usually like when we start, uh, I, I'm going to backtrack. So when I first started my practice as a nutritionist, I would always say go for food. But then more down the road in my practice, I realized that most of my clients actually were really fantastic in food <laughs> before they even started working with me. So I understand uh, that most of the things, like if you are uh, probably like having the average American diet, so probably food would be the first start. But if you have been in this journey for some time and you like literally feel that you tried everything and anything, you've taken like more than 25 supplements already <laughs> in your diet. So the number one would have been actually stress from, again, have tried everything and anything, nothing works. And number two is actually understanding why it doesn't work, right? Because most women, right, uh, who are trying to conceive for some time, they're looking for advice online, going to the Facebook groups, and they try to understand what worked for somebody else. But we also have to understand that we're so different. What worked for somebody does not necessarily is going to work for you. Realizing what's, where your body has, what is the missing keys? So... One of the things which I'm doing in my practice is running the comprehensive hormonal test, which is able to show where potentially your body is stagnated, right? So whether your body has problems with eliminating estrogen, or maybe it has problems with your progesterone, testosterone. So what are those levels? Um, so that is super helpful to also create the targeted supplemental plan. So instead of you taking 25 pills every single day, all day, every day, you can actually like create this targeted solution 
or your body to help with all those processes. What are some tips you have for women who are under chronic stress? Let's say that they have kids, they have a stressful job. Are there any supplements that can maybe support stress or practices that they should try? Yeah, absolutely. When we talk about the stress, we have to understand whether your body is just under stress, like meaning that your body kind of pumps cortisol way too high, or whether you're at the stage where I was, when your body basically just gives up <laughs> on producing any kind of cortisol, right? And just stop responding at all. If you're at the first stage and you're just, you're super reactive to even little triggers, like everything feels frustrated and disappointed, you feel a lot of anxiety, you're probably at the first stage. If you're still feeling like you're giving up, you don't care anymore, you have like extreme fatigue, you don't want to even get up from the bed, you're probably the second phase where I was. And the practices depends where you are in this spectrum, right? So if you are still at the first one, understanding what triggers, and we know like not having a baby is probably the first trigger, and uh, that would be your thoughts. One of the fantastic ways to calm your mind, right, is meditation. And I know that for girls who are, who do have anxiety, it's quite a practice to start meditate. I have a client who had like really hard time to stay still, right, for even five minutes. And I know there are a few of you over there too. But at the same time, be patient, right? So meditation doesn't come from just sitting and still for 10 minutes. It comes with the practice, right? The more you are able to calm your mind and thoughts, even for these five to 10 minutes, you're calming your cortisol, right? You're calming your body and sending the message to your ovaries that it's safe to actually have a baby, right? So I think it serves the purpose when we talk about it. When we talk about the supplements, we have to be like a little bit careful on that because depending on where you are and what are your symptoms, right, on how you're feeling, there are different types of supplements which may or may not work for you. So that's why I usually run the special like the questionnaire just to understand where they are in the spectrum. When we talk about, I don't know, imagine if having a line of, uh, I don't know, red and green, right? So where they are in that spectrum, they're going closer to orange, to green, whatever. So that's why I could create the specific, give the specific supplement because there are so many which can help or semi that can hurt you as well. So that's why I start always with the practices first, right? Starting with meditation. Another way is if you are in the second spectrum when your ovaries are basically like when your body doesn't even want to produce cortisol anymore. One of the things which I always tell my clients is to definitely not like not doing extensive exercises at that point because having even though workouts are great, they still have to be moderate, right? When your body is already under stress. Because at some point in your workout, if you're over, um, like overdoing exercises, it may bring your cortisol even higher than it was before. So it can create that even more stress, the physical now stress to your body. So that's why we want, when we talk about exercises, even though they're great, but you want to have that balance between being healthy and at the same time, not bringing your cortisol way too high. I can give you an example. One of my clients uh, loves exercises, loves it. One of a few, by the way. And one of the things which I monitor if something doesn't work for my client is charting. We can talk about this in this interview too, if you'd like. But uh, what the charts uh, shows is um, when something doesn't work, right, the chart is able to show if it doesn't because your levels, like the levels of estrogen progesterone, which you can monitor from the chart, will be like either high or dropping or looking like a soul. And in her scenario, we couldn't figure out what was happening until... She told me that a few months ago, she signed up to uh, a quite intensive dancing class. And 
that was it. So we, I asked her to stop doing it or maybe have only 20 minutes of it because it's the whole hour. And her chair started looking more leveled. So that's why exercising, right, is great, but to the extent. Knowing the relaxation techniques, especially before going to bed, stretching, yoga, one of the fantastic ways to, to help your body decrease the levels of stress, which you go throughout the day and prepare your body uh, to sleep. Another way, another thing is that I always tell my clients, the moment we start working together, it is the rule, the number one rule is turn off your technology one hour before going to bed. Why? Because the, the blue light, which you're getting from the technology is able to, not, it's not going to create the stress, but it does impact your circadian rhythm. And if that one is impacted, so that means that your body is not able to get rid of the cortisol when you're sleeping. So that happens, especially, and that happens if that's the case, when you're waking up somewhere between 2 and 5 a.m. And you don't know what's happening while you're still awakened, right? Or you even have a hard time to fall asleep too. So one of the things is definitely look into your sleeping routine, right? Making sure that your room is dark, that you can't even see your hands. Uh, if you have any electronic devices covering those little lights, which comes from it. Just, I don't know if... Uh, uh, you are trying to have a second baby and you have the first one and you went through the sleep training of the baby, right? They always tell you to have as dark room as possible. So it's absolutely the same as for adults. So making sure that you're turning off all your technology before going to bed. Taking magnesium, one of the, is actually the fantastic way to detoxify your body and at the same time relax your muscles. There are two ways how you can take magnesium. It's either in pill or you can actually soak yourself in Epsom salts right before going to bed. Uh, to bed, I can uh, offer your uh, your listeners the recipe, which I really love. <laughs> I can send you the, the recipe for the bath. It's a super calming and relaxing uh, recipe for the bath, which includes the Epsom salt, which is basically the magnesium, also some uh, lavender. So that's why you're going to sleep all relaxed. Yeah, another thing going back to the sleep was I heard that for sleep training for adults, not only should you be in a completely dark room, but you should get a book. So if you can't fall asleep, you get a book and you go sit on a chair in the bedroom and whatever, and you just read the book until you get tired. And then eventually over maybe a course of seven days, your body will get used to laying down is sleep time. And if you're not laying down, it won't keep you up as much anymore. And I thought that was really interesting. So I tried it and actually works. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And uh, like when we're talking about the book, we also want to make sure that the light is not bright. So it's a soft light, which you're like having, like reading the book because the light also like impacts your uh, circadian rhythm too. So like, having that dim light and, and like the light, which is not like bright lights, but uh, like a soft type of light when you're reading. Yeah, that's also helpful. Yes. And I had a, a red book light. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yes. Let's see. So we talked about stress. Mm -hmm. Let's talk a little bit more about the thyroid. How do we know if the thyroid, because I did hear that if you have estrogen dominance, it can cause underactive thyroid. What is the connection there? Oh, <laughs> so there is a huge connection, right, between your estrogen and your thyroid. And it will be a little harder to like to explain without trying to draw things. But the whole point is that when you do have the higher estrogen, and most of the things uh, which we're looking into is that a lot of girls with PCOS saying they also have a high insulin too. It's, we're calling it insulin resistance. Not all of them, but some of them do. And if that's the case, your body 
remember, is always pretty right in the processes. And one of the things, one of the connection between the thyroid would have been the higher insulin levels too. How would you, if you do have thyroid problems, two ways. First, asking for the full panel from your doctor. And this will be quite a hassle, I can say straight, because a lot of doctors are usually going through only one um, type of hormone and uh, your your thyroid has a few of them, right? So they go only to test your TSH levels, which is basically if you think about your brain and your thyroid, right? It's like this hormone is the connection between your brain and thyroid. So if your brain keeps sending a lot of messages to your thyroid and your thyroid doesn't respond, your TSH will be higher. And that's exactly what the doctors are looking for. This number is quite high. That means that your thyroid is underactive or overactive, it depends. And then they will be asked, like, wanting to dig it deeper and put the full panel. But that is one of the things which a lot of doctors probably don't, like, don't do <laughs> is... Uh, one of the things which I noticed from my clients is that they don't, even though they might have a quite normal TSH, they might have problems with converting the inactive form of thyroid into the active form. And this could be because of the stress. Because remember, of the, all the priority systems in our body, picking that would be very helpful because this is the first sign that your uh, thyroid is underperforming. It's basically running the full panel, not just TSH, but also the T3, T4, reverse T3, all those uh, hormones to understand how your body converts and uses the, uh, the thyroid hormones. I know one of my clients had a battle with her, with her uh, doctor, but she did it. Like She was able to get the full panel where they... Um, they found out that she does have the problem of conversing one to another. So picking that one was helpful for me to also create the supplemental plan and uh, for the doctor to prescribe the right medication and with the right amount too. So we can work in a team of, like in the combined team for that. One of the things is how you can potentially pick it up is also from the charts. So the chart is basically, it has different names, right? It has BBT or basic body temperature way or fertility awareness has different names. But the whole idea is checking your temperature first thing in the morning and putting it in either on the paper or in, in the app. I use the app Kendara. Flow, I know, is a fantastic app. And one of the things to monitor, if your body goes below certain numbers, saying 36 and 3 Celsius, Sorry, I'm bad on Fahrenheit. <laughs> Things 97 and 5, if not afraid, if I'm not mistaken. So if uh, your body temperature at the first part of your cycle, that means before ovulation, is dropping below three or two, uh, three or four times throughout this time, that means that you might have problems with your thyroid. So you might want to check it. Why? Because the temperature is, remember, your thyroid is responsible for uh, metabolism, right? So if your body goes uh, lower with the temperature, this is one of the signals that your body, your thyroid is not able to support that metabolism, right? So you said that there's a test that you run for the hormones. Which is the test? And this is a test that I'm assuming you can't get from your doctor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> you know what? There are a few doctors who already start taking tests, uh, like starting taking this uh, test as well. And I know a lot of naturopathic doctors are using this test as well. The test is called uh, Dutch test or dried urine test for comprehensive hormones. And that's why it's called comprehensive hormones. There is a difference between the test which the doctor does through the blood serum and the dried or the urine test, right? The urine test is able to show not just the levels of your estrogen, progesterone, and testosterone, but also showing how your body actually excreted from your system, right? Through the urine. 
So that is helpful because that way you're able to understand which pathways your body has problems to eliminate when we talk about the estrogen. Super useful information when we talk about the estrogen dominant conditions, right? Because that way you're able to level, like to balance your body just on that to support one of those pathways where your body has hard time to support. When we talk about the blood serum, usually they take it like at certain days, right? Day 21 for progesterone. That will be similar to, to the DASH test as well. At the same time, the DASH test is also able to pick up the cortisol too, right? Your stress hormone and where you are in that spectrum, right? How your body is able to, to react to the stress. And one of the things which they do is there are doctors who do the saliva tests, but that shows only this calling the waking on cortisol, right? So when your body is basically wake up and how much cortisol do you have, right? At that moment, at that specific moment. With the waking and response, you're actually able to monitor how your body responds to stress throughout the day, which means is that probably throughout the day, you're going to go through different stressful situations. And that way your body, like you're able to monitor how your body reacts to that, whether your body produces enough cortisol to deal with that, or whether your body just stopped doing it, like in my case. Another thing is for girls who do have problems with fertility, right, or trying to conceive, the tests run actually from day seven to basically up to your uh, menstruation. So it's basically if you would be going to your doctor and having a blood test every single day to check to monitor your hormones. So this is the same way you're basically doing uh, from the convenience of your home through the dry urine. And that way you're able to confirm whether you ovulate, right? Because remember, if you're doing the LH strips or OPK, they don't confirm that you actually ovulated. They predict that you may be on the peak. Your body is trying to ovulate, but it doesn't confirm that you actually ovulated. I have a few girls who would have a peak, but they didn't. So this test is able to show whether you ovulate, when you ovulate, what is the levels of your estrogen and progesterone throughout your whole cycle. So that is, I think, like super valuable information to create a very targeted solution plan. And which Dutch test do you recommend? I know there's the Dutch complete and then there's the cycle long one. And I know the cycle long one is very expensive. So it's hard for people to like want to do that one. Yeah, I do the Dutch, um, the Dutch uh, cycle mapping plus cortisol awakening. So I do the whole thing because I used to do the Dutch complete and that's the one which I went through myself. But that one only shows the hormonal levels like at that specific moment from day 21. Um, the Dutch cycle, like the cycling mapping is able to actually map your whole period and understand where there could be the potential problems. So it's more useful when we talk about those who are trying to conceive because most of the time they already know their, their estrogen progesterone levels. The complete can show you what are your metabolites and how your body is trying to excrete this, the estrogen or like the estrogen from your body. But still, it's not the same as knowing like how your body actually reacts throughout the whole cycle. And I did see online there was an endocrinologist one time, like a online influencer endocrinologist, and she was saying, I can tell just by looking at a patient what their levels are. I don't need to do any tests. <laughs> what do you think about that? That might be like... <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they might be like so talented endocrinologists who would just like from the look from the from the pulse from the skin. At the same time, let's talk about the Chinese medical doctors, right? Through the who can identify your uh, you know stagnated energy based on the pulse and uh, your tongue, so the way your skin looks like, right? 
So perhaps this is uh, the truth in the chronologists we were talking about. That I know a few fertility coaches uh, who are just uh, like trying to, or herbalists, um, homeopaths, or naturopathic doctors, who are looking just through the charts to understand what's going on. And that's exactly what I was doing in my practice too. I would look through the chart to understand where it could be potentially the problems and trying to target the supplements. But at some point I realized that there were a few of my clients who were who had a fantastic, like seriously fantastic charts and they still were not pregnant. Timed intercourse, everything like literally from the book, like great estrogen, like no spike levels, everything was so good. So that's why I started adding the the Dutch into uh, my practice because that's where I could see more like deep into the levels and where the body is actually struggling the most. That was uh, like actually improved the uh, success in uh, my practice. And do you have any tips perhaps for people with hormonal migraines? I think it's the same. <laughs> I do myself. I do have hormone migraines. So the only way I was able to level it up is mitigating that uh, the liver detoxification, right? Because remember, I told you that I personally do have my the first phase of detoxification. My liver is stagnated. So um, helping my body to detoxify like through this process, like adding... Um, a supplement is called MSG, I believe, into my supplemental plan. So it helped me a ton with my with my migraines too. So this way is basically understanding it's most coming from detoxification pro- problems, right? So your body is not able to detoxify the estrogen, right? And if your body is not able to detoxify estrogen, you more likely will have those estrogenic types of migraines, which are horrible. Like it's not even a headache. It's basically me- demobilizing type of pain where you actually can't even do anything. So it's really... Uh, <laughs> horrible but yes this comes from detoxification process right supporting your liver and small intestine your gut levels would be definitely something to look into one of the things to support your guts by the way i think i didn't mention it is having the fermented foods right a lot of naturopathic doctors herbalists fertility coaches would ask would add the probiotic i found right in the few studies that the probiotic which is sold usually on uh, the shelves they doesn't even reach your small intestine so it's like useless there is I, th- I believe one form which i'm not gonna i won't remember like the name but there is only one form which is absorbable it's sold only by one company in the us so that will be basically not sustainable for everybody to have this type of uh, supplement too so having the probiotic uh, type of foods or fermented foods would be definitely the must for uh, those with migraines as well which means things like sauerkraut and now disgusting for many <laughs> uh, or more pleasant drinks such as kombucha I don't add yogurt for the specific reason, right? Because a lot of people would have dairy dairy intolerances. On top of that, conventional dairy uh, does have a lot of estrogen in it too, because most uh, the cows are mostly kept pregnant throughout the whole uh, time, 365. And with that, which that happens is that estrogen is the dominant uh, the dominant hormone in in the cow, which uh, obviously getting the traces into the milk which you're drinking and if you get the yogurt it actually gets even more concentrated right in it so it can impact your hormonal levels too at the same time they do have uh, coconut uh, milk yogurts so that will be probably the good alternative for those who really love their yogurts to add more probiotic into their diets uh, kombucha is definitely something to look for or water kefir would be another one And what are your thoughts on doing a liver cleanse or a gut cleanse, those type of things? 
I think it's a fantastic idea. There are a lot of, I think, theories, right, about how many times you need to do it. How should you be doing it? On my website, I do have a free four-day clean system, right? So it's only four days, so everybody can do it. It does incorporate certain foods, which helps your liver to detoxify the, uh, the toxins more efficiently. So a lot of women who went through that, like, feels amazing after. It's a great idea. One of the theories, and I actually supported it for myself, is to have it done uh, twice uh, a year, like preparing yourself before winter and before summer. So basically in autumn and spring to do those ones, just to help detoxify your body from everything that's accumulated throughout this whole time. And we also need to think about it. In a lot of cultures, they do have what is called Sorry, I'm blanking on the name in English. Lent. There you go. Lent. So people uh, have that, those lands for the reason. So most of those lands include either completely eliminated food for the day and just having food at the end of the day, right? Saying in Muslims or in Orthodox Church, there is the land where you eliminate any kind of animal products and use mostly the plant-based sources for a month or so on. And uh, in Orthodox Church, they do have two of them. And I believe those ones were there for the reason, right? Not only from the culture perspective, but also for your health. So those ones are those detoxification programs, which we like now are so famous, right? Detox and everything is basically are based on those lens, lens, if you think about it. Yeah, I know that fasting is very popular right now because you get into autophagy, so your body can eat away any toxins or bad things. And I was wanting to ask you about that. If someone has, let's say, high stress, should they fast? or maybe skip breakfast, or is that detrimental when you're under stress? I wouldn't. So with a fast, like, unlike uh, the detox programs where you're eliminating certain foods and adding more certain foods, so you're adding more nutrients, with fast, um, like, you should be very careful. So if we're talking about the intermittent fasting, right, if you're having stress, trying to conceive, they may not be completely good for your hormonal balance, right? Because remember, when your body doesn't get food on time, it actually creates that insulin imbalance, right? Remember, insulin, the number one hormone, which does impact everything else in your body. So at the same time, fasting in the evening, so which means that not having food, say, and like having that 12-hour period between taking food, right, in the evening, that is a healthy way to help your body to process everything that you, that you do throughout the day, right? Helping your liver to detoxify more efficiently at night because your liver goes into that detox at 3 a.m. And waking up already having that completely <laughs> nice and working system and adding that uh, lemon uh, drink, which I was telling you at the beginning of this interview, right? Having that glass of uh, water with half a lemon squeezed with a pinch of cayenne pepper. You can add a little bit of stevia if you don't like that very sourish uh, drink. That was going to help even more to your liver to waking up your whole digestive system and uh, getting everything ready for you to absorb the food. So this type of fast is definitely like a really good thing, right? Having the fast in the mornings, right? Where remember your body needs food the most that can create the certain hormonal disbalances. And tell us a little bit about your coaching and who is it good for? So 
at this point, yes, I order, I offer one-on-one coaching uh, program. So we call it Fertility Goddess Program, right? Because by the end of this program, you will be becoming a fertility goddess. Most of the things which we're doing is there is already the program, right? Which walks you through all those uh, steps, which we talked at the beginning of this interview, right? Making sure that you are taking control over your stress, trying to figure out your food triggers, creating certain practices in the morning, throughout the day, and in the evening to help you with your stress levels, helping you with your thoughts, making sure that you are not overstressing yourself out from all those worries which piles up, right? Because all of those ones have their own reasons and their own roots. So we're going more deep into your mental health, right? If we talk about it, motivation and all that stuff. We do talk like a lot about the food triggers. So we're creating the certain plan which will be working for you. Remember, I don't like the word diet. So we're not creating a diet. We're creating the uh, lifestyle solution, which will be sustainable for you, not just for the purpose of having a baby, but also to support to support you throughout uh, the pregnancy and even after because the health, your health equals the health of the baby, right? You are the number one person who will be basically creating that healthful little thing, bundle of joy, and also like the foundation, the health foundation for your baby too, right? So we're working on that one. We're also doing the Dutch test, right? To understand where your body is stagnated, right? Where you need the support the most. And we're creating the targeted supplemental solution because I don't like to guess when it comes to supplements because supplements is one of the things which is not regulated. If medications is regulated, while supplements are not, and supplements can hurt your body if you're not, not taking them the right way, the right time, and if you're not taking the what you actually your body needs to support your systems like when you go into uh, fertility groups uh, you can see people recommending like things like maca vitex which are fantastic herbs but they are there for the specific reasons taking vitex can actually mess up your whole system if you're taking it not for what you actually have and what your body actually struggles with because vitex is uh, basically like creating the connection between your brain and your ovaries where you might have it totally fine so it can actually like really do more harm than good so with the dutch test we're able to actually put the right supplements for you and uh, another thing is having the one-on-one coaching so having the support system is the must like trying to soak in your own misery it's not going to work for nobody as much as you have the support system from your husband it's still not the same because uh, men are not women so they can't understand what you are actually going through having that feeling that what you are supposed to do, what your body is supposed to do, and then your body is not able to give it, like only another woman realistically can understand. So having the support system, which can come, like obviously will be coming from me and uh, coming from our community, is definitely something that helps you to go through that not alone, right? Awesome. I love that. So tell everyone where they can find you online and what social media platforms you're most active on. So we are mostly presented on Facebook, right? We have the Facebook group, Fertility Goddess Secrets uh, for Goddesses Trying to Conceive. And we have over 1,300, I think close to 1,400 members now in the group. And where I go live every Wednesday, 
I had to think because I go live also on Instagram. <laughs> so I go live on in there and also providing my knowledge. If you have any questions, I always ask people to share what they wanted me to go live. So we always have like the hot topics. Also my website, naturafertility.com. And this is where if people are interested in getting the detox done, so the right way for hormonal balance, there is one in there too. So it's totally free. So you can download, it's a four day plan. It includes with the recipes and with shopping list, super simple. If you're on a budget, it's going to work for you amazingly because we're using mostly the widespread type of uh, vegetables in there. So no crazy supplements, nothing like that in there. And on Instagram, also Natural Fertility would be the Instagram handle. So I go there also live on Thursdays and we also do quite cool reels in there. So I'm super proud about them. <laughs> Is there anything before we go that you would like to share with the audience about hormones, fertility or anything? So one of the things is definitely to, no matter how hard and how, if you're already at the point where you think like nothing ever is going to work, you got to really believe into something that is going to happen, really. It doesn't matter when we talk about fertility or anything else in your life, believing that something is going to help, that something is going to work for you. That is probably the number one key. If you're coming to any type of program, whether mine or any other fertility coach is thinking, okay, I'm going to try it kind of thing. Maybe it's going to help. Maybe it's going to not. So more likely it's not going to help. Why? Because your mindset is not in the right place to begin with. So if you're coming to the program, knowing that is it, that is going to help. And that's why like even going with fertility coaches or naturopathic doctors, it's good to have an interviews with them. So even with your ordinary fertility doctor, I know a lot of girls just go to fertility doctors because uh, like they heard that this one is good. But at the end of the day, they feel that the doctor can't uh, really support them, can't doesn't feel their pain. Don't even remember their names. I had those ones too. So this might be, creating even more stress and that disbelief that might not be even happening so having that support system from starting with holistic approaches to your doctors right having the team which you trust completely and that this team is going to lead you to the good results i think this is what a lot of women do need and uh, what will bring them to the success all right, Anna, thank you so much for your time. And I'm going to put all of that in the show notes. And I know you mentioned a supplement for hormonal migraines that you take for detoxifying. Can you find out what that is so I can write it in the show notes too, please? Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you two, yeah. Okay, thank you so much. And guys, check her out. She's on Instagram and her website and look in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you so much, Kat. I had an episode a while back with Dr. Mona Fahum of Feminescence, and we spoke about Feminescence, Maca Harmony, and their Maca products. And if you're a woman who's ever had hormonal imbalances, if you're trying to come off the birth control pill, or even if you're going through menopause, this is a natural way to help ease that transition and to help balance your hormones. There's nothing quite like it, so go to Feminescence.com, enter code CAT15, K-A-T-1-5, for 15% off any of their single pack products. And definitely go check out the episode. Just search for Mona Fahum on my podcast and listen. You won't regret it. Thank you for listening to the show. Please show your support for the podcast by leaving a five-star review. Learn more about the show and what I have to offer you at katkatibi.com. Consider being a part of the new Patreon, where episodes are ad-free and you'll find extra bonus content. Send a voicemail question or email me. Check the show notes for more information.
This podcast is for informational merrymakings and metaphysical purposes only. Statements and views are not medical advice. This podcast, including Kakatibi, disclaim any adverse effects by the use of information you may have heard. Opinions of guests are totally their own. This podcast does not endorse statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications, credibilities, or sanity. Individuals may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to on the podcast. If you think you have a medical problem, consult with a licensed medical physician, not just the spirit of your ancestors while on ayahuasca.